Thank you for joining Daring to Believe. This is your host, Anna Aiken, and I am so excited for our new guest, Damarice Moore. Hi, Damarice. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, Damarice, why don't you uh, share a little bit about yourself and about your family and any other information that you feel led to share with us today? Yeah, like you said, my name is Damari Smore. I've been a practicing uh, physician assistant for about 12 years. I'm married to my husband, Scott, and we have a beautiful little daughter named Sophia, who's almost two years old. Uh, I love Jesus. I love volunteering, making jewelry, um, and just finding creative ways to help make a difference in my community. You know, one of the things that you do, I want to highlight, Damaris, you and Scott has started a small group a while back. Um, share a little bit about that. I know this is uh, going off topic a little bit, but I just felt like, you know, I want to highlight that, um, something that you and Scott did several years ago. Yeah, uh, several years ago, we were challenged by APC to create um, a unique small group or something of your own idea. And we came up with a little group called Faith in Action. And our whole goal was to serve the community in practical ways um, and share our faith along the way. Was there any uh, outing or outreach that you did as a group that really stuck uh, or sticks in your mind um, that you'd like to share today? Yeah. We went to a lady, a lady's house um, who was considered kind of a shut-in. Um, she was basically homebound, taking care of her husband who um, had a dementia. And um, we several times went to her house to sit and have coffee and eat her coffee cake. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then sometimes we went over to do projects. For example, one time we went in and uh, we painted her kitchen after doing some uh, uh, wall um, reconstruction, um, and then we painted, kind of moved some things around for her. Uh, And one thing we did was we also connected her with APC online a long time ago. (laughs) Wow. You know, I'm so impressed and just so touched by you and Scott and your heart to serve I know that uh, we're always seeing you and your husband, even with your little girl, Sophia, um, helping out in in the church, just helping with all the different outreach that we have, like um, Candy Candy Town. Um, what was the last one that we had in October? It seems so long ago. Um, trunk or be, Treat. Yeah, Trunk or Treat with the Legos. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's so cool. <laughs> so um, For those of you who are listening, um, several months from now, we are in COVID, which is still stay-at-home shelter. Um, So what is your favorite movie that you are watching lately with you and your family? Lately, uh, we watched Up, and um, it was just, you know, one of those feel-good movies, um, and just we can all enjoy as a family together. Yeah. I love Up. That yeah, the kids just enjoy Disney movies. So anything I guess Disney, we all love. <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of movies, I know in April 2017 there was a movie um, that you bought several tickets for for family and friends. Um, that actually will lead into your story. Uh, do you want to share that with us today about that movie that you invited all your friends and families to? Yeah. 
So uh, April two, uh, 2017, I um, just was so geeked out about uh, this movie coming out called Case for Christ. And it was a movie that I really thought uh, was going to be impactful. It was going to reach a lot of people because the main premise is about a man who was an atheist and um, basically goes on this journey to prove that Christianity is false and all of this uh, story that he gets into, research that he does, actually leads him to becoming a Christian. And he's a very well-known author, um, Lee Strobel. um, And he, you know, has basically made so much um, information available that really um, helps to just make you in awe of just how amazing God is and how much evidence there actually is for the story of Jesus. Yeah. And so you felt such a touch about this story that you want to invite so many people that you actually went and bought tickets for um, your family friends, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I was just, I, I really wanted people to go and it really didn't seem like people were going. I was inviting everybody. I had a Facebook group. I had, you know, an event going on for it and it just didn't really seem like it was catching any momentum. So I offered, uh, 10 free tickets, uh, mm. for all of us to go watch the movie. And, um, uh, two people had kind of said they were going to go. And, um, when the day finally came, it was a Friday. I had been in the operating room all day and I was tired. Um, and my husband at the time was working out of town, uh, in Utah. And, um, you know, I just, I was just kind of tired, uh, that day. So I thought I might just come home, uh, and skip the movie and just kind of tell the other couple, you know, hey, if you want to stop by the house and grab the tickets, you know, feel free. And as I was walking out of the um, OR, uh, I got a text message from a friend and she said, hey, I'd like to go. And I was like, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. This is like amazing. (laughs) Somebody actually wants to go. And so I kind of got reinvigorated and re like, you know, energized about going to this movie. And I was like, well, I'm going to reach out to a couple other people and see if they want to come. And I reached out to my in-laws and, uh, they had my nephew with them. And so they came and, um, yeah. So a couple other people, we all just ended up going to the movie. Um, but yeah, my plan, literally, I was getting so down on the situation that I was just like, maybe I'll just go home and take a nap. But that changed very quickly. It changed very quickly. So you you and a bunch of people went to go watch Case for Christ. You're all into the movie. And then we talked about how someone tapped you on the shoulder. Um, Talk to us about that. Talk to about that moment where someone tapped you on the shoulder and what you were actually thinking when you saw this person. Yeah. 
So we're in the movie and, um, you know, the movie's unfolding. It's everything I've been thinking it would be. And I'm really enjoying it. And um, all of a sudden I hear someone walking around the movie theater and they obviously have their keys in their hand and they're kind of going up and down the stairs and walking around. And I'm like, wow, that's really rude. Like who's, (laughs) who's doing that? And suddenly I feel a tap on my shoulder and I turn around and it's a friend that I recognize, but it's not a friend that I would expect to be in this movie. Um, And then I thought to myself, oh, wow, maybe this person, as I'm looking at her, I'm like, oh, maybe she's like really been touched by the movie and she saw me and now she wants to talk about it. And, you know, maybe she's maybe, yeah, maybe this is a faith experience for her. I don't know. Like, and so I, I, you know, when she tapped me on the shoulder, I thought, you know, maybe that's what it was about. I, I didn't know, but, Mm -hmm. um, at that moment I realized I saw her face and she said, Damaris, I need you to get out of the movie theater and talk to me. And I just, I, I just thought to myself, okay, well, this must be very serious. You know, maybe, you know, wow, this really must be a powerful movie, you know? And so I follow her out and, um, and she proceeds to tell me that, you know, she says, you know, Hey, I need you to listen to me right now. You know, your house, um, is burning and, it sounds like your animals may have passed away. I, I don't know, you know, and she's going on and on. She's like talking about how she found out. And I'm just all of a sudden, I'm just like, what? Wait, well, what, what, what is happening? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, in, it, you know, you just, you know, when people talk about kind of that sinking feeling of just everything goes quiet and you just, don't know what's going on that's kind of what it what happened for a split second and Mm -hmm. this gentleman who there was like a group of people who are waiting for me outside of the movie theater and um this gentleman walked up to me right away um because I just started crying and, and and almost screaming and um he said I'm a pastor I just work here on the weekends and I'd love to pray for you right now and I said yeah and um I just started praying with him and crying out to God and just you know you know just asking God you know to help me in this situation and um as you know I started praying in tongues and, and, and just calling out to God, you know, um, in, in that moment and, uh, just really, you never really understand, um, what it means to like rely on God in a, in a situation until, you know, that was, that's what I was trying to do in that moment was just, God, you got to help me. Like, you know, I know you're in this. I know you're, I know you're with me. I I know, but what is going on, you know? Um, and it, it, it was, it was a, a moment where I, yeah, just really had to cry out to him. I, I just think, you know, for our listeners just to pause real quickly, you know, 
Scott was away at Utah working. Um, you invited some family members and friends to go to a movie theater. It just shows beautifully your heart to think of others that you just want them to hear about Jesus. And even to the point where someone's tapping in a shoulder and instantly your thoughts are great. She wants to have a conversation about, you know, the Lord, um, cause she was, she's not a believer. And then even when you walk out, here is this person who typically wouldn't be the first person to share, um, such a tragedy that's happening, you know, um, and you're just crying out to Lord and how faithful God is that he brings someone at that time to you and just prays out, prays for you. And you're crying out and you're, you had shared with me, Dom Maurice, that there was someone that you were unaware was watching. Um, and she ended up being a patient at the doctor's office that you work at. Um, share a little bit about that. What, what did she ask you or what did she share with you? Yeah, so a couple weeks later, I was in the office, and um, we were just seeing patients, and, you know, I roomed a patient, and I was talking to her, and, um, you know, she just said, um, hey, uh, you know, I was there that night, and at the movie theater, um, I just want you to know that I was there and I, I saw everything kind of happen. I was in the hallway and, um, you know, I was just like, I was in shock. Um, I was, I didn't know. And she said, she said, you know, I know you started praying in Spanish. And she said, I just, I just thought that was amazing. You know, that you just started praying and, um, she, she just said, you know, yeah, that was just a, a, a very inspiring, but also very, you know, just a sad scenario to watch you go through, but I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. yeah I just love how even the midst of just pain, Damaris, that you just cried out to the Lord and not out of showing people what to do, but that was just your first instinct to do. Um, and how that just had an effect on people all around you. Um, wow. I mean, just hearing your story just really touched my heart. Cause I can't even imagine. Um, I know one of the stories that you had said, or some of the things that you had shared about your stories, when you got home, they had, um, you know, you had some pets. Tell us about, you know, your fur babies. Like how many fur babies did you have that you ended up losing? Because Sophia wasn't born yet, Mm -hmm. right? It was just you and Scott. And so you had some fur babies. Tell us a little bit about them. Yeah. Um, I had a dog named Suri. She was a black lab and Mm -hmm. um, a little gray tabby, Hermosa, the cat, and um, a uh, tuxedo kind of cat. Uh, named Panther. And yeah, they were a source of comfort. And, you know, it wasn't until after the fire and we had lost them that I realized just how much I was relying on them, you know, while Scott was out of town and, um, 
you know, they really were great companions and protectors and, you know, uh, sources of amusement and, you know, encouragement and, and comfort. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was devastating, um, seeing them laid out in our yard and, wow. um, they were, um, so carefully placed mm-hmm. and, uh, I just remember, um, one of the cops that was there, she, um, just sat with me there while I was just sobbing and, and petting them and just kind of thinking like, this can't be real. Like they can't be dead. Like they're going to wake up right now, I'm sure. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it's, it's obvious they, they didn't and they weren't. And, um, yeah, it was just, such a challenging time. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, you know, I'm a pet owner. I have a <laughs> golden retriever. And so I can't imagine, you know, walking into that scenario. It's like a nightmare, you know, that yeah. started your night to start it off with just some friends watching a movie. What would you say right now or share with someone um, who's going through a loss? You know, a lot of people around us, maybe our neighbors or a loved one or a family member or friend, um, because of this COVID-19 have experienced financial loss, um, you know, not able to pay for their bills or their mortgage or even put food on the table. Um, what would you say to people experiencing loss right now where they feel so helpless? Because that's what I, I hear from your story, just devastation, you know, um, from everything, what would you share with them? Yeah. Ironically, I'd almost ask them a question. Do you see opportunities where God might be creating space for you to start something new, to, to take an opportunity to help someone Um, Is he bringing people in or out of your life that, you know, may be helpful or taking people out that are not helpful? Um, Sometimes we see loss as completely negative. Uh, But one of the most powerful things that um, somebody shared with me immediately after the fire was that in a crisis, um, there's tragedy, but there's opportunity. Mm. And it really depends on how you want to look at it. And if you focus on um, looking for the opportunities, you will find that there are opportunities all around you to help people, to invest in other people, even while you yourself are going through a tragedy. And I would say that that was a coping mechanism for me was looking for the ways where I could take my eyes off of myself and put it on other people, um, not as a way to ignore my problems, but as a way to focus on what matters, you know? And I found that when I did that, some really beautiful things came out of that. 
Wow, that is so good right there. So I hear switching our perspective from what's happening to us and truly helping others. Um, it actually sounds like it refreshes us. And that I think that's biblical, right? Um, mm-hmm. He who refreshes others actually refreshes himself. Um, so how would you say that you got through that season in addition to switching your perspectives? What were your daily um, habits? Like how did you get through every day? Yeah. One of the things I actually chose to do early on was seek out a trauma counselor. Um, And uh, I met with her probably on a once a month or, you know, every couple of weeks basis for a while. And it was so helpful to meet with this Christian trauma counselor who basically would listen to what I was struggling with um, that week and would help me just identify things that I could focus on or change my perspective on or consider another perspective on. And it was just nice to have somebody to talk to that wasn't invested in, in my life in a personal, personal way where they could just kind of take an outside perspective and just give me a fresh look on my situation. Um, and that was really important to seek help. Um, however you seek help, um, whether it be a friend or family member, um, or a counselor, um, I think there are people who, um, can be very skilled in, uh, in, in, in giving us different perspectives to consider. That's um, good. Another thing um, that I really tried to do was to keep somewhat of a semblance of a normal routine. Um, I tried to keep in contact with people um, that I normally talk to um, because it's so easy to, if, if you're looking inwardly a lot, you can choose not to reach out to people or talk to people. And um, that can actually be somewhat detrimental. And I had done that a little bit and I thought to myself, well, that's not working. I need to reach out. You know, I need to stay connected. And um, so uh, at the time we had like a taco night I did on Mondays and I tried to make sure that I made it to taco night and (laughs) that I made it to church and that I, you know, volunteered for, you know, what I normally volunteered for and tried to keep as much a normal routine as possible. Now, if I truly couldn't do it or I didn't feel like I, I could do it and I needed to give myself space, the other thing I did was just be try to be kind to myself, you know, give myself grace and give myself room to maybe grieve some days if I just felt I needed to grieve. Um, but then try to get back on to the routine, you know? Yeah, that sounds good. So I heard seek help, reach out and stay connected, keep things normal, but also so important, give yourself time to grieve. Um, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Was there a favorite uh, scripture that anchored you through this time and or a favorite song that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Um, 
one of the songs um, that had come out near or close to um, the fire um, was a song from Elevation Worship called Do It Again. And, you know, it talks about this is my confidence. You have never failed me yet. And I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. And just those words spoke to me a lot in terms of just we were dealing with a huge mountain, you know, um, my husband was out of town, you know, we, we lost our pets, we were displaced from our home for eight months. Um, there was a lot of failed expectations around this event. Um, you know, as the house was getting put back together, on three separate occasions, we were robbed um, from, you know, from copper piping to a shower head to, um, you know, a couple other things. And, um, you know, we were also leading a mission trip. Um, we were, you know, people had paid for a mission trip. We were, we were going in July and, you know, the fire was in April, you know, there were so many things surrounding this, um, there were financial struggles through all of this as well. Um, you know, it just all felt like a big, big mountain. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> um, I just, when I heard the song, I was like, yes, you know, you will move the mountain. I've seen you move the mountains before and you will move it again. And, um, and that line about, you know, you have never failed me yet you know, is true, at least in my life, you know, I, I know, um, God has come through for me over and over and over and over again. And, um, you know, I truly believe that he, he can bring, bring beauty out of the ashes. And I, I really think he did, um, in this scenario. And I think he can in all of our stories, you know, in all of our challenges, there's some beauty that can be brought out of that. And, um, I think keeping a perspective of looking for opportunities and, and opportunities for that beauty to come out is, is necessary, um, to get through it. Yeah. That is so amazingly beautiful. I loved, um, everything that you highlighted, especially when you went through all the loss. I mean, to be robbed on top of everything that you and Scott went through is just yeah. mind boggling to me, not one time, right? But several mm -hmm. times. So fast forward, uh, we're in May, 2020. You have a beautiful two-year-old girl, Sophia. Uh, she is so adorable. I mean, she is so sweet. She actually also graced, I think, um, APC Instagram recently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> She's got the most beautiful um, smile and is just so outgoing. Uh, so, wow, I, I can't wait to see her when this is has all lifted, right? We're able to mm -hmm. hug and see people again. So what is uh, Sophia's favorite show? Like, you know, what does she love to watch? Uh, she definitely loves Elmo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elmo, 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 everything. <laughs> Elmo and, <is> popular. <laughs> and occasionally Abby. Definitely okay. also Abby. <laughs> now, is it Abby 
Is it Abby Kadabi? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so cute. So cute. Well, Domaris, I am so grateful that you were uh, willing to share your story um, about going through a fiery season. Um, literally, you know, you were all alone um, with your husband, Scott, away for, from work. Um, and through it all, God was with you and you persevered. And I'm just amazed by the perspective that you have. You're not bitter by this. And, you know, like you said, you just had a different perspective and, and just wanted to say, um, okay, God, what are you, what are you teaching me? What are you showing me? And I think that's just a great reminder for all of us, um, for any circumstance that we face, you know, not really seeing the negative in it. So thank you for joining me and daring to believe and sharing your story. I am so grateful for you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining for Daring to Believe. And this is your host, Anna Aiken.